Mystery time. Yes, please. Straight in. Classic fucking Marco Joag mystery. Straight in, straight out, right? Classic. Mystery time. You ready? I'm ready. Starts with a question. Starts with a question. Okay. What happened to Chuck? Uh, I need to talk to you about this guy. I need to talk to you about Chuck Morgan. Okay. Now, I'm going to open this right from the top and let you know that Chuck... Don't get too attached because he died, right? Well, I guess, spoiler alert, Chuck there's died. the answer to that question. And Chuck was killed. Okay. But it, it, this is a weird fucking weird, weird murder. Okay. Uh, all right, come with me then, if you would. I Hop would love aboard to. Flight Marco 666. We are off to Arizona. Excellent. Uh, Boot up the fucking time circuits because we're off to Arizona in 1977. Ooh, back Chuck. in the lead years. Let's go. Hey, yeah. Well, there you go. You solved it. Lead. <laughs> um, but let me introduce you to, to Chuck Morgan, okay? Chuck lived a pretty, a pretty fucking boring life okay. in Arizona. Uh, Chuck worked in finance. Chuck was the head of an escrow company. You know what that is? Yeah, like for homes, for uh, yeah, 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 home... like tra- third-party holding yeah. deeds for transactions, that kind of thing. Um, perfect job for Chuck. Chuck, it, you know, it dealt in sums, it dealt in figures, right or wrong, dollars and cents, no gray areas, just the way Chuck liked it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And on March the twenty-second, Chuck, just like he often did, he drove two of his four daughters to school and left for work. You know, one imagines him. Picking up his briefcase, one imagines him eating a bland breakfast, kissing his wife Ruth, and leaving, <laughs> just as he had, day after day. Sure. But on this day, Chuck didn't come home. Okay. Not for a while, at least. Okay. Chuck went missing, okay? Chuck went missing without a word, and this was totally unlike him, according to Ruth. But three days later, okay? March the 25th, two in the morning, right? So right in the fucking middle of the night. Ruth has woken up, the dog starts barking, there's a noise at the front door. Chuck has returned. Body snatchers. Missing one shoe. <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands zip-tied together. Okay. A plastic handcuff on one of his legs. So they had handcuffs, but they went with zip-ties. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And here's the thing. Chuck claimed he was unable to speak. He'd been struck mute. All right? Okay. Uh, Ruth says to him, well, can you, can you write? Can you communicate with me? Can you write down in pen and paper? Chuck nods. Chuck wrote <laughs> to Ruth that his throat had been dosed or painted with a lethal hallucinogenic drug. And if he spoke, it would destroy his nervous system and kill him. That doesn't sound real. No, it doesn't. Ruth wanted to call the police. She wanted to call an ambulance, but Chuck refused saying that if she re-alerted the authorities, his whole family would be in danger. Okay. All right? Yeah. We're just going down the rabbit hole, right? This is the tip of the iceberg. Because oh, over the oh, next week... That is one hell of a tip. Week, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ruth helps Chuck back to health, feeding him tiny amounts, feeding him liquids as his voice returns bit by bit. Now, during that week, Chuck starts to talk to Ruth about the fact that he's got a, a dual identity, right? He claims that... For years, unbeknownst to her, he's been working with the Federales, yeah? Oh, oh the no. The Feds. Well, the Mexican uh, Feds is, is what you're talking about, yeah? 
Oh, no, no, I'm talking about the, oh, the feds, the U.S. Okay. The, the when feds, we say federales, um, we specifically mean Mexican. Okay, I did not know that. Um, <laughs> Chuck is Chuck is telling Ruth now that he's actually been leading a double life, uh, dismantling organized crime rings, working with the feds, okay? Okay. He claimed that uh, when he went missing, he'd been uh, kidnapped, taken to Sky Harbor Airport in Phoenix, and he'd escaped but the, the captors had stolen his official treasury ID. And from here, right, Chuck gets more and more paranoid. He grows a big beard to disguise his appearance. And he's he still not, does he ever vest. talk? Like, does the stuff wash out or? Oh, he's, he's vocal again now. Okay, he's, okay. So he does eventually start talking. Yes. Ruth has nursed him back to health. Okay. Right? But now he's carrying a piece everywhere. Oh, good. That's great. It's very right? good now when people strapped. saying things like this. Uh, also carry weapons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now he's carrying a gun. Now he's telling his kids school that he's the only person who's allowed to pick them up. No one else can pick them up. Okay. He's, like I said, he's grown a beard. He's wearing a bulletproof vest all the time. He tells his dad that if he ever vanishes again, that he's hidden a letter somewhere which will explain everything. <laughs> but he doesn't the tell him where the was... letter is. No, and the letter was never found. <laughs> okay. Which is a shame, because yes, things were weird, but for a month or two, it looked as though things were returning to normal, right? Until yeah. June that year, when Chuck goes missing again. This time, nine days pass with nothing, right? Nada. Chuck has fucking... Chuck's, a, Chuck's, a, Chuck's vapor. Chuck is gas. Okay. He's gone. All right. Ruth, after nine days receives a phone call right from a woman she's never met before mm -hmm. who introduces herself as green eyes great okay mm -hmm. all she says all she says are the following two phrases chuck is all right mm -hmm. and then after a long pause she simply said ecclesiastes 12 1 through 8 and hung up okay yikes Yes, mate. Ah, yeah. Um, if, in case you were wondering, the most pertinent quote from Ecclesiastes 12, 1 through 8 goes as follows. Men are afraid of a high place and of terrors on the road. Remember him before the silver cord is broken and the golden bowl is crushed. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Huh. That um, feels like not okay in the traditional sense. Hmm, well, despite Green Eyes's reassurances, uh, Chuck was very much not okay, uh, because two well, days yeah, after like this Yeah, like, that's the ashes-to-ashes-dust-to-dust dust type shit. Basically, Chuck's fine. He's with God now. He's dust. Yeah, he's dead as fuck, yeah. right? He's gone. <laughs> two days later, his corpse is found, right? Uh-huh. Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Jesus Christ. All right, let's, let's go, go deeper. deeper. So... Picture for me, Chuck in his bulletproof vest, mm -hmm. right? With his beard. He's got a hunting knife in his belt, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, he's found 30 feet off the highway around San Juan. San, Shot. Uh, San Juan what? Springs. In Arizona? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Okay, just off the freeway, about 30 feet off the freeway in the dust. Okay. He's been shot in the fucking back of the head once. Mm. With his own gun. With his own gun. Back of the head. The back of the head. Yeah. 
Okay, his car is nearby. There is not a single print to be found anywhere. Not on the gun, not on the car. His left hand has some uh, residue, some gunpowder residue. Right. So he's yeah, fired a gun. As you would if gun. you did fire a gun. Yeah, sure. But in the back of his own head? It's tricky. Mm. It'd have to be pretty flexible. Very flexible. And things get weirder and weirder when the police search his car, right? Okay. There's a handwritten note in his writing mm-hmm. with a little hand-drawn map pointing to the location that he was found, right? A map to his murder site. Uh-huh. Okay? Yeah. Again, no fingerprints. There were a pair of shades, a pair of sunglasses, which were not his. Hmm. There were more weapons and ammunition in the back of the car. There was a two-way CB radio, and on the back seat, wrapped in a handkerchief, was one of Chuck's teeth. Oh, fuck me. Yep, yep. A single tooth. It's like someone did like the like shoddiest job of cleaning up a site where it's like, yeah, it, they made it look like. He did it by, like, using his gun and wiping down the fingerprints. And then it was like, but then they just left a tooth? One of Chuck's teeth. Nicely wrapped in a hanky on the back seat. I guess he could have just lost it, you know. Yes, he could have. He could have. But it gets just a little bit weirder because clipped to Chuck's underwear, right? Mm -hmm. Like a little clip stuck into his underwear was... A $2 bill. Okay. And written on it in Chuck's handwriting was a list of Spanish names, seven Spanish names in alphabetical order from A to G, mm-hmm. as well as in his own handwriting, Ecclesiastes 12. Huh. And again, a tiny, or another little hand-drawn map of the area where he'd been found. I wonder if it's like, I mean... Is it, okay, first, is it physically possible, though, to shoot yourself in the back of the head? Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm, pointing, a, I'm pointing a gun at the back of my head right now. Finger okay. guns, obviously. Tried. Yeah, right, yes. Finger gun to the back of the head. Right, so you can do yeah, it. you could do that. You can do it. I mean, it feels like the only thing that would say this is not, like, some sort of paranoid suicide is the woman calling. But, yep. you know, maybe he was, like, caught up in some sort of weird suicide cult. Like, well, interesting, interesting. Okay. After his death, right, the strange shit continues rolling. Oh, okay. Um, Green Eyes calls the sheriff's department. Okay. Yes, indeed. She cha- yeah, she claimed that our boy Chuck was trying to buy himself out of a hit that had been put out on his life. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. She claimed that they'd met up in a motel and he'd brought money. He was trying to buy himself out of a contract on his life. Um. His car was impounded in police custody, yet was broken into some weeks later while it was in police custody. Uh, Two guys turned up at Ruth's house claiming to be FBI, you know, flashed ID at her, tore the place apart before vanishing. Um, And then later on, when a reporter called the FBI, they said they'd never fucking heard of him and they weren't even remotely on the case. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like most of the time... If someone says they are FBI or CIA, that yeah. is a sure sign yeah. they are not, in fact, those things. Yes. 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 But those are the facts. Those are the facts around the death of poor Chuck Morgan. And theories abound, but yeah. what they never did is solve that motherfucking case. So what are some of the theories? Uh, that he was actually 
working with the feds sure. that he'd been caught up you know in organized crime that somebody took him out again that it was a contract that it was a suicide yeah that's to me lots of theories i mean with these basic facts i'm saying suicide i think like based on like okay so like say he really was working for the feds right uh and this wasn't just some delusion that he had it feels like what would have actually happened if you know he was like kidnapped and all this stuff happened is he would have immediately gotten in touch with whoever his contacts were and they would have gotten his family the fuck out of there you know like not just like oh if you say anything to the cops or whatever then you know they're gonna kill us or whatever because you absolutely have like cover if you are in like a government agency you know you can get pulled out of that stuff so like that tells me that wasn't real maybe he ran afoul of someone maybe he was gambling or something like that you know yes 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 like as a result he was like okay i have to be paranoid about this but i can't tell my family like i've just gambled us into danger so he gets super super paranoid Uh, make sure, like, no one comes and kidnaps his kids from school and stuff like that, but there's no backup. There's no one there to protect him. Uh, And then realizing that he can't protect his family, he just offs himself and, you know, tries to be, like, cool about it, too. Like, here's a map to it, so no one's, Mm. like, you know, if they find my car, they know where to find me. Uh, There's supposedly a note somewhere that nobody ever found or whatever, but he tried to, like, sort his shit you know <laughs> it's just all of the beautiful little details around it really really appealed to me you know what i mean this anonymous fucking woman mm-hmm. the strange bible quotes mm-hmm. the tooth in a hanky the two dollar bill stuffed down his britches right. the complete lack of fingerprints yeah. the fucking the strange spurious claims that he'd been you know like spiked with some kind of throat based fucking also, hallucinogenic like, nerve agent i can see that being like if someone like kidnapped you or whatever like if he did owe someone money or something like that and like yeah, 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 this yeah, yeah. dumbass doesn't know what they're capable of so like they tell mm. him oh we've done this thing yeah, to you and he's course, like of course, of course. <gasps> you know <laughs> uh. it's like if you like if you strapped something on me and told me it was a bomb i would panic yeah. because i don't know the difference yeah. between a bomb and what's not a bomb <laughs> i have a vague idea in my head of what a bomb looks like right like if you show should me it something maybe be that looks ticking? a bit like that yeah, <laughs> like, there's no way for me to know that one way or another, you know? So I feel like, yeah, mm. theoretically, someone could have told him they had given him something that was going to, like, kill him if he spoke or whatever. And that would keep him quiet. They don't even have to, like, you know, put anything around his mm. mouth or anything like that. They just send him home. Yep. Psychological trickery. Yeah, exactly. So that's my. But listen, know, with these basic facts, I must say he offed himself yeah. because he got himself into trouble. Yes, I, uh, I, I'm inclined to agree. <laughs> but I mean, yes. the, the most kind of fanciful reconstruction of the events around his death don't account for the two dollar bill or the tooth. Right. You know what I mean, or any of that shit. What happened there? Yeah. Um, if you're out there and you're listening and you know what happened to Chuck Morgan, get at us. Uh, it's like you kind of wonder come if... Come on, Joag. Yeah, right? If you know, let us know. Um, you can mm. call us and call yourself Green Eyes and that's fine. Um, That'd be great. But even stuff like that is like, I wonder in his paranoia if he thought those things would mean something to people. Like, if, oh, oh, if I, I put this... I see, yeah, I see. My family's going to know so it, 
this if yeah, I put this $2 in a condition of mental illness. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, he was like, oh, this is, this is definitely going to tell them what happened here. And yeah. everyone looked at the car and was like, what, why is there a tooth and a $2 bill? What yeah. the fuck is happening I, here? I ran this scenario past Peter like an hour ago. Oh, did you? <laughs> uh, and he kind of pondered a little, kind of looked off to the left and went, I just think somebody just did a load of weird stuff in his car just to throw people off the scent. It could just be like a load of incongruous fucking elements that somebody <laughs> right. thought, ah, they'll, they'll never work this out. Right, yeah. Like, if that were the case, it certainly worked. Um, yes. But I think there's yes. a possibility yes. that maybe he thought he was leaving hints, but they were inscrutable to someone who wasn't having a psychotic break or something like that. Fascinating. Yes, yes, yes. Very interesting. Very interesting. What happened Get at us with your Chuck? theories, dear listeners. What happened to Chuck? Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's cold no. outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm <laughs> fucking, I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Uh, do you have a view? What's your view like at the window? It's a view of the 55 freeway. Beautiful. Yeah. Majestic. It's right, yeah, we are just right in the dead center of things. So it's kind of fun because when I get on the freeway, then I look and I'm like, I can see my room from here. It's like a reverse <laughs> view. Uh, just hope that you don't see yourself in the window. Oh, dude. That's exactly know. the kind of thing that I would imagine. I've always had like a weirdly active imagination for someone who like mm. so you know i can't picture things right like if you yeah, tell yeah, me to yeah, like yeah. picture an apple or whatever like i don't see an apple but i understand the description of what an apple is right mm -hmm. however when it comes to like actually like with my eyes open looking out i can <laughs> my brain can trick me into like insane shit sometimes Yes, yes, <laughs> and yes. so that's exactly the kind of thing that would happen to me where I would look into like a window and think I see myself looking back or something like that and be like well I, I guess we've started haven't we I mean right talking about the death of Angelo Badalamenti today the fucking I say tragic death the guy was in his 80s you know what I mean yes a um, long full and accomplished life oh a life of fucking art and music you know who could ask for more um, but that scenario puts me in mind of Lost Highway Ah, oh, the fucking devastatingly brilliant Lost Highway. And one of the most brilliant bits of it is in the first third when Bill Pullman is at that fucking party and he's talking to that weird little guy who hands him the phone and goes, ask me, I'm at your house right now. And he picks up the fucking phone and speaks to the guy in his house while he's right there in front of him. I saw Lost Highway at a, at, at quite early on and straight immediately head over heels in love with David Lynch from there. Uh -huh. Just fucking with you on levels that you didn't even know you could be fucked with on right yeah absolutely. He, he shows you fears that you hadn't even conceived of being possible See, really, that's really, what really like so you know how like for like skinnamarink one of the things that's really like appealing to people about it is that it's like very much yeah. like your nightmares or whatever um yes that's yes, how yes. i feel about like a lot of David Lynch stuff, which can be hit or miss yes. for me. But I think when you're talking about like how I have nightmares and stuff like that, like mm. very much, mm. it's that kind of like just off. That is the kind of yep. things that like my yep. imagination does. Mm. 
Hey, listen, welcome to Jack of All Graves, people. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome from, for me, welcome. sunny Southern California. Uh, and for me, fucking sleet and shit sodden. <laughs> uh, great air quotes, Britain. <laughs> Yeah, it's a. Oh, this place is so fucked, man. And we'll get there. Today, we're going to do things a little (laughs) differently with our. It's always funny to say that because obviously every episode of Joag is different. So it's like (coughs) saying we're doing something different is like. It goes without saying. But we are going to. Normally, we don't talk current events. Like, very rare that that's a thing that we do. However, Mm -hmm. there is so much to talk about just like this past week with everything being insane that we figured that this Mm -hmm. week. You know, we're going to do our normal pleasantries. We're going to talk about the things that we watch. And then we're going to just, like, talk about the shit show that is the world at this moment and uh, talk through some of the anxieties that are wrapped up in that. So if you have needed a a place to go. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. It's part of the fucking, it's part of the historical record. It's part of the cultural fucking document. That's what Joag is. And because there's shit happening right now, we would be remiss not to mention it. Otherwise, when future historians stumble across this cast and can't stop listening to it because it's the fucking bomb. Obviously. They need to know what was going on. What if we, what if Joag is the only thing left? Or like, just, I just had the thought, like, what if, you know, this tiny little podcast, like it gets into someone's hand, it becomes like uh, a thousand years from now, assuming there's an earth, exactly. like the most popular that everyone listens to Joag. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> what an idea. <laughs> exactly. So to you, in a thousand years' time, mm-hmm. uh, on the 12th of December 2022, things are pretty fucked, yo. It's true. However, one thing that has mm. been great about this week, the reason I'm in California um, is a little mm. joint birthday party. Uh, it's my husband's 50th birthday, my friend Jerry's 40th birthday, um, a couple Handsome other friends Keo. have some... Handsome Keo. <laughs> the other day, dear friends, um, Mark Drunk dialed me and then asked, is Keo there? And I said, yes. And we were at the airport surrounded by other people. And when I turned the phone around, Mark simply started yelling, Keo, you handsome fucker. You're so handsome. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You're handsome as fuck. And my dear shy husband was just turning bright red and trying to get away from the phone. <laughs> it's true. Listen, that night, uh, that was the last work to do of, of 2022. That was the last Christmas do of 2022. I've had three. And I still, uh, a week later, am walking around with unbeno- uh, bruises. Where did they come from? Who knows? Leg covered in scrapes and bruises. So obviously I hit the deck once or twice. Yeah. But some mighty, mighty fine bruises. Yeah, it's worries me every time you walk home like this but so far you've made it so it's fine um but yes many birthdays over the course of this past my sister's birthday was uh yesterday yesterday um and of course two days ago was yours mark lewis 44 the big four fours love that four is my favorite number so i feel really good i got two of them yeah you got two yeah you're so blessed yeah uh feels good good i am I am super comfortable with the idea of aging. So mm. comfortable with it. That's good. Yeah, I am. I'm. I'm. I'm so at peace with it. Really. I. I. I don't know what to attribute this to. I'm not saying that. Uh, oh man, how to how to put it? I was I was led to expect, in the face of aging, a certain kind of 
maybe maybe fear maybe unease mm -hmm. maybe chasing you know a version of myself that may have existed in the past yeah. maybe trying to cling on to youth wherever the fuck that means right but the midlife crisis it hasn't fucking happened yet i love it it hasn't happened yet and i don't think it will i mean you know all the all the the things that aging brings fuck it i'm i'm balding fuck it i'll shave my fucking hair if i don't care i I'm when not, did you start I'm, balding quite late on oh yeah um, well was it quite late on i've i I've been aware of thinning for about 10 years. Oh, okay. I always wonder, yeah. like, when does this happen? All of a sudden, it just yeah. seems like men don't have hair anymore, but I don't know when it happens. I always imagined that I'd be all right, you know, because my dad, you know, in his 70s still has a perfectly thick head of hair. So I thought Isn't that like okay. a gene from the mom's side, though? The Yes, the it balding? is, because my uh, granddad on my mom's side, bald as fuck. There you go. Yeah. So but you've but, made it but, work, but, but, yeah. You did, there's clearly, exactly, it's not an issue. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> yes. I, I continue to dress the way I like. I continue to listen to the music I enjoy. I continue to enjoy the company of people my age, younger, older. I fuck any society that tells me that 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 you know youth is something you have to cling on to and chase and, right. and try and keep alive. I don't give a fuck. I'm 44 and yeah. I'm I think that's the, I mean, obviously there are things that can be a giant bummer about aging. For example, bodies just yep. sort of falling apart. And you are unusually well, yes. healthy and fit for a 44-year-old a man. But, you know, there's stuff like that. There's certainly people are afraid of their mortality and all that kind yes. of stuff. But I don't know. Yeah, I think when it terms to like, when it comes to like actually aging, I can never imagine wanting to be the younger person that I was again you know like no, whenever no, I look no. back I'm like I had fun in my 20s like don't, it wasn't like I hated my 20s or anything like that but I'm like mm. I don't want to be in my 20s again like you know <laughs> like I feel good about moving forward and getting older and yes you know I don't need to I'm not a cool mom you know I don't need to like be up on what the kids are into or anything like that I'm nope. fine with like being a lame millennial or whatever and mm. just being like our parents were just having no idea yes. of what's cool or whatever i'm fine with it it's totally cool cory no cap you are based <laughs> how yeah. many times have both of us googled based to try to figure out what does that I, mean I'm again still, i'm none the wiser <laughs> listen i tell you what though um the passage of time is interesting to watch. I'm like Dr. Manhattan yeah. on Mars. You know what I mean? I'm thinking, fuck, just looking at the passage of time. It's incredible, right? Just say that figure to yourself. 2022. I know. That's fucking crazy. That shit. gets me all the time, you know? And there are still people who always are like, oh, when I think of the 90s, I think 10 years ago or things like that. And I'm like, yeah. I don't do that. It feels, the 90s now feel 20 something years ago. Uh, yes. but the idea of 2022 is a space year. That's not a real year. Like completely. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a few weird facts. I already feel old. I'll tell you a fucking fact or two. Please now, right? do. Yeah, ready let's do this. Old? Check this out. A child, right? Mm -hmm. Who was born on September the 11th, 2001, right? Mm -hmm. A child who was born on 9-11, right? would today be celebrating their 30th birthday. Fucking work that out. That's, That's fucked up. That's incorrect, my dear one. <laughs> no, no, no. Today, <laughs> a child born on 9-11 would today be 30 years old. That's, That's fucking mad. Not Feel true. 
Do you feel old yet? <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you something else. Wildly incorrect. <laughs> I'll tell you something else. Okay, sure. Go uh, on. More time, more time passed <laughs> between between Armistice Day, uh, Armistice Day at the end of World War Two, right, and the release of James Cameron's Avatar, right? <laughs> okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Less time passed during those two pieces of events than has passed between the time between Avatar and Avatar or the Way of Water. Okay, you're clearly making shit up. Don't listen to this man. True, mate. True. <laughs> Ready to feel old? Do you feel old yet? Uh, yeah. yeah, I feel, feel think, very old. Think on. <laughs> it is, I mean, it does always surprise me. I will grant when I see like, like an actor who was born, you know, in the yeah. mid-90s or whatever and they are like heading towards 30 or whatever. I'm like, no, yeah. that can't be. But yeah, I'm okay with it. Well, you know, we are finally at a we are at a time when the personalities that we grew up with are now going to start dropping like motherfucking flies. Oh yeah, I think about that a lot. Like, yes. I, well, I think you know there was I've talked before about like how there was kind of a wave of like young. That was when I like first started dealing with my mortality. Was when like. Okay. People like who were like heartthrobs who were like three or four years older than me started dropping when I was like in um, like college, you know. So yeah. you're like Jonathan Brandis and your Brad Renfro and stuff like that. That I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. like we're old enough to die. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. Uh, and then now I like start to see like, you know, obviously like older ones are going to start dying, and that's insane. Uh, you know, you're you're waiting for older celebrities to drop the last remaining people mm. that we have from like the early days of Hollywood and all that kind of stuff are going to die. Mm. But then it's also like, you know, some of the celebrities who are like in their forties and fifties also are going to start like dropping yes. from various things as well. Yeah. Yep, and it's yep, like yep. no there, longer there, when you there, go like, Oh, they're so much older than me. You're like, Oh no, that's there like are a quite peer. a few I really worry about. There are a few I really worry about. I worry yeah. about, um, I worry about Pacino. He's in his eighties. Oh yeah. Yeah. That... I really worry about Pacino. Mm-hmm. I worry about Stephen King. Oh yeah, I was actually just thinking about that recently, and it stressed yep. me out. Uh, I worry about Freddie. I worry about Robert England. Oh sure. I think I, worry, like, there's the... I don't worry so much about Clint Eastwood, but any day now. Yeah, but any know. day now. I was actually thinking Clint Eastwood earlier, and I was gonna say it, and then I was like, who cares? <laughs> it's a net positive, probably. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I was thinking about. Stephen King, but I think with like people like that, you always hope that like their clean living that they've been doing for a long time will. Yes. You yes. Know. Yes. Especially yes. when they're like, okay, there's like a line here because there's the people who are like super super fit and healthy who drop dead really early, yeah. and there's the people who are super yeah. unhealthy. And I feel like someone like Stephen King is like right, and he doesn't like drink or anything, but he's also not yeah. out there running marathons, and I feel like that's really good. That's the sweet spot. Yeah. So we might have him for a while. Yes. Well, fingers crossed. <laughs> But I'm glad that you have uh, aged another year and not died. Yeah, I, I agree on both those counts. I am also glad that I've aged another year and not died. And I am still fucking, you know, clinging on to some good health, fantastic family, uh, creative pursuits that I get a lot out of that are fulfilling to me. Only you just getting I mean? started I, on that shit, you know? Indeed. Uh I obviously I'm a committed atheist, but if I weren't, I would say that I am blessed. <laughs> Definitely. I think this is the other thing that's nice now is that we realize 
um, you can live like a bunch of lives, you know? It's like you look oh, yeah. back yeah, 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 at yeah, yeah. like a lot of people and it's like, yeah, they didn't start doing that thing till they were 40, they were 50 or whatever. Like they'd had so many things that they did and that's kind of fun. You could just keep like doing new shit and like getting really good at yep. it or like whatever so many times yep. in your life. I'm into it. Good shit, isn't it? Good shit. What are you What are you doing? You're, you're in a hotel. Tell us what you're doing. Like I said, I'm just here for some birthday action. Came out here, which is is interesting. I mean, I've... Who have you seen? Uh, just like friends. Friends from college, mostly. Well, not just from college, but like the people from college on and our friend group that has expanded since then. Because um, we mm. all make great friends. I have the best friends on the entire planet. Just unmatched and wonderful human beings. And mm. every time we make more great friends we just bring them under that umbrella that. like as you can t- even like you know uh we've had multiple game nights with like your friends who we love you know so Indeed. like it's just like as soon as we find someone we like we're just like in the umbrella uh <laughs> yes listen so. we need to do that again by the way we do the festive yes, season. oh yeah that'd be great well everyone's come on, on what better time it's true tis the season for shenanigans indeed international shenanigans so yeah let's do that let's do that yeah so it's been it's just been really nice uh like to see people and everything but i am exhausted um i wasn't like super i think i've just done so much traveling lately that it wasn't like really in the mood to travel yeah you've Um, been getting around yeah and so i wasn't in the mood to travel i'm like super jet lagged i have such a hard time going west and like losing hours like this um, so I've been waking up, you know, at like 3.30, 4 a.m. every day. And so I'm just like exhausted all the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> however, I, we've been making a point to like eat all the food we loved while here. Um, and so I've eaten so much Mexican food while here. Had like amazing chilaquiles for breakfast mm. that were just like, fuck me, so good. Burritos. Last night we went to an oyster bar. I uh, had like just like a Caesar salad that blew my mind, which is always a good thing. <laughs> you didn't have oysters, no? Oh, I had oysters. Yeah, I love oysters. Okay. They're a. Uh, huh? <laughs> this is a. Well, I did once read a thing once that argued that oysters are actually vegan. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't try to excuse it. I just really like oysters. Um, so yeah, had had some oysters, had some a great salad. Just been like eating everything if i'm going to be tired and all that kind of stuff i'm at least going to be well fed uh, make it count exactly mm-hmm. yes <laughs> yeah um, uh, we're gonna go down to wales next weekend and see my family and do the do the rounds go out for some Ooh. meals and see see my folks yes i think everyone will agree with me the thing that i've asked you to do while you are in wales is to find a picture of yourself in a school uniform yeah i i, I think that'll be very doable yep yeah. I can't picture it. I know that, like, I think, like, the school uniform thing is, like, very normal to you over there. And so, like, you don't think anything of it. But for us, that is, like, just the most, like, posh and ridiculous thing that we can imagine. Wearing a uniform to school, (laughs) like, makes you look like a little, like, little gentleman. And I cannot imagine a little you in a uniform. Listen kind of abandon the, the notion of it being like fucking Hogwarts or St. Trinian oh, or some yeah. shit. Like, I know that, but there's no mm. way to not make it look like that in a country where the only Picture, people who like wear school tie, uniforms are... A tie ones. that has been, like, drawn on in Biro and fucking scratched <laughs> a bit with your compass. Beautiful. Uh, 
just a shirt covered in fucking you know tears and rips one one tail and from your shirt untucked you know what oh, i mean oh i love just, that it's it's yeah uh, it's smelly cuz you're a teenager so you fucking stink you know what i mean <laughs> so you're coming home from school fucking honking of bo um nice. but yeah i i plus i was a, just the biggest fucking nerd as well i had oh, I, I had it. notions of i really wanted to grow my hair in school <laughs> right yeah cuz metal was king sure, and course. i just i still is fuck and I, I, I just wanted long hair. So I, one year, I made this fucking concerted, gigantic effort to grow my hair, right? Yeah. And I stuck with it, and I stuck mm. it out, and I stuck it out. But it went up and <laughs> up and up. And I was, I'm, I'm like, look, oh, any I day now, it's it. just going to magically yeah, drop down to my shoulders, and it's going to look amazing. That's how gravity works. But no. It just got bigger and fucking bigger and oh, bigger and bigger until, until I gave the fuck up. I, yeah, I clearly need to see that. I think that's a thing that uh, we all deserve. Um, but I relate to that because my hair, uh, when left to its own devices, grows exactly like Patty and Selma from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> it does not fall. That. It does not, like, you know, and, it doesn't do anything And you nice sound like Marge, so you've got all of the Bouvier Well, there you go. Yeah, coverage. just a big hybrid of the whole family. <laughs> but we need to see that so that's your assignment while you're in wales is to find some photos yeah, okay, that we can deal. share it'll be beautiful yes i will i will do that of course Lovely. um this week also dear friends you will get mark and his yep reading beautiful voice uh, reading his yeah the book has turned up so uh i will get myself uh, a, a, a soothing lemon drink and oh, yeah. i will sit yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in a nice room, and I'll read you a story. Yeah, if you haven't, been, if you aren't already on our Ko-Fi, Mark's readings uh, are a fan favorite. So you know, make sure you get on there so you can you can hear him uh, read you a nice story around Christmas time as you warm yourself by the fire. Yeah, maybe with like a hot chocolate. Oh yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Exactly how to do. Maybe or even like a like in a, a bathtub. Of... <laughs> Fucking why not? Weird. Maybe with like some nog. Yeah, get nog. the nog, bruh. Are there any other nogs? You know, that is kind of funny. We specify eggnog, but like, I've never had another The existence nog. of eggnog implies yeah. that like, there are other nogs. Cola nog? Is there. I don't know. Uh, or, or other milk dairy nog, products? Chocolate Butter nog. nog? Butter nog, yes. I mean, uh, it, it sounds like something I'd drink. Cheese nog? Cheese nog. Ooh. I don't know about no. that. <laughs> Listen, let us know yes. if you're a nogist. <laughs> Any nogologists out there, please do <laughs> keep us posted on that. Um, anything yeah. else that we must address before we start talking about what we've watched? Oh, I don't think so. Look, I I can't take credit for this, but I, I, earlier on I saw December described as like the Friday of the year. Mm, yeah. Isn't mm -hmm. it? You know? This is true. Uh, you know, anything that comes my way in work for the past fortnight, I've been like, nah, mate, that's a fucking <laughs> January issue. Uh, um, and that that, does... that's very much the kind of vibe I'm in at the minute. Yeah, that does remind me, though, I want to give a shout out to our poor friend Ryan, who, as we know, works oh, Ryan. in retail, which, like, this is the most stressful time of the year for anyone who works in retail. It's and the most... got the COVID. Yeah. Uh, and has been struggling, you know, really dealing with those symptoms that are going hard on her. So, Ryan, 
you know we love you and uh, wish you a full recovery and that all of your customers are nice to you. I've seen your stories, I've seen your tweets, and I feel for you, Ryan, and I hope you pull through. Oh my God. Uh, I'm sure you will. <laughs> she, she's I going you... to pull through. She's not going to die. <laughs> no, I, I hope you pull through soon. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and to any of the rest of you who are struggling through this season, sick or working retail or whatever the case may be, we send you our deepest love and blessings and affirmations yes. as well. Yeah. You're the absolute fucking pillars of society. It's true. You are. And you have to deal yes. with the absolute worst of society. Yes. Yes, so. yes. What have we watched this week, Mark Lewis? Well, let me tell you. Something I like to do, right? A kind of a birthday tradition of mine. Okay. Is to... That's uh, a, I'm sorry, just before we get into what we watched, now that you've mentioned it, we what did you do? What was your birthday? Just like quickly, what what was your weekends like? Right, okay, so um on Saturday, which was the day of my birthday, uh Laura took the four of us out to an escape room, which was a great laugh. Nice. Uh, we fin we we were on the leaderboard, man. We finished second on the leaderboard oh, at the beautiful. time. And that, that's like that's not the leaderboard of the day, that's like that's the old like time leaderboard. leaderboard. So we, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then we went for dinner at Five Guys, which I love. You're a Five uh, Guys guy, huh? Oh, f- fuck do I love Five Guys. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh. It's just I, it's just so oh. expensive. It's so expensive. It, yes, it is. It is. And it's expensive over here as well, but it it's my birthday. Yeah, so it's your birthday. You got to go hard. Yeah. I had a fucking shake. I was going to ask was... if you had a shake. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> um, and it was, it was stunning. And then, uh, you know, had some drinks in the evening. Uh, uh, yesterday we went out to dinner in the evening, hence Monday Joag, and what I did, right? Okay. Because fucking hail myself, yeah? <laughs> what I like to do, if I possibly can on a birthday, is book a couple of days off work either side of it. So I've had a four-day weekend. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, it's been beautiful. It has been restorative, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? It has been, like, balm for my soul. I don't want to jinx it, but I'm actually on a really nice little run of sleeping as well i'm sleeping oh, quite amazing. well over the past few days it feels like exactly the thing happened that was the trick that you stopped being like you know apocalyptic about it and started mm. accepting the lack of yeah. sleep as like okay i'm not gonna try to like push it too hard Fight or whatever it. and then you sure. immediately started sleeping again well it could be one of a number of things i mean Again, and I'm I'm not you know being jubilant and celebrating yet because it's only of been course, like a right, few good yeah. nights, like two or three good nights. Still. But it could be one of a number of things. I mean, the meds they put me on, I've been on for six weeks now, so maybe they're so taking it. Yeah, effect. they're finally kicking in. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know. But whisper it. Yes. Maybe things are going to be okay. Who knows? I think they might. I think things might be okay. I've also been gaming, right? So I'm not going to mm. dive in and talk about movies. I'm going to start with a game. Um, Horror gaming is fucking brilliant when done right, yeah. right? And I don't know if I've said on this cast before, but I'm a big fan of a, a game from the old, from maybe a generation or two ago called Dead Space, right? I think um, you might have mentioned it, yeah. Sounds familiar. Yeah, John Carpenter every now and again pipes up about how he'd like to make a Dead right. Space movie. And yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch, that would be amazing. Because uh, Dead Space, it has vibes for days. It's like uh, you you play like a space miner, yeah? 
uh, and for some fucking reason, some religious cult has woken something nasty in space, and sure. you're trapped in space with just mining tools that you have to repurpose for weaponry. Right? What did this come out on? Oh god! It oh, every fucking platform. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Uh, there were three of them, I think. There were Dead Space One, Two, and Three. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm playing the Callisto Protocol, which is from some of the same team that made Dead Space, and the DNA is is shot right through it. It's beautiful. The combat is lovely. It's gory as fuck. It's got vibes <laughs> for days. Uh, it's it, it's I, it's one of those games where I you know within the first twenty minutes of playing it, you're just kind of open mouth thinking, "Fucking hell, how far we've come." Yeah, how right. <laughs> far we've come. I'm sat there surrounded by three hundred and sixty degree sound beautiful fucking hdr visuals you can see beads of sweat on this guy's fucking forehead when he's getting stressed for crying out loud wow. it's immersive it's creepy it's scary ah it's so good you're gonna have to and, you know we have several mm, listeners who enjoy a good um stream yeah. a good video game stream yeah. so we'll have to get on the twitter and, and make an announcement and have you stream Tell you what some I'll do. Of this. next time uh i'll play it tomorrow night and i'll stream for an hour or two perhaps Beautiful. Tomorrow night, which is Tuesday, December thirteenth. Yes. Uh, we'll put it on the on the interwebs, but you can watch Mark yeah. play a nice gory mm-hmm. horror game. Yeah. Um. In fact, it's it's it it's kind of the the gore is part of the selling point of the game. It's part of the USP. You know that games are one of the one of the one of the less celebratory things about the way that the games industry has evolved is microtransactions and downloadable mm-hmm. content and fucking, you don't, you know, you pay for the game, but then you pay for more bits after the game. Um, as downloadable content, you can pay like a couple of extra quid for uh, extra additional gory death animations. Oh, wow. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, You yeah, paid yeah. it, so, didn't you? Know, you? I haven't yet. I'm oh, going to okay. play the story first, but I'm going to oh, go okay. back. Um yeah, so yes, it's it's gory, uh, but self-consciously so. So I've been playing that, but that's fantastic. But what I was saying was, something I love to do every year on a birthday is, not just to take four days about it, but I <laughs> I will watch bangers, only bangers. Okay. Right? On my birthday night, I will sit down and I will put on just, I will just submerge myself in a fucking beautiful, beautiful, fucking blinding movie, uh, which is what I did on Saturday night. Uh and I watched Carlito's Way again. Nice. I know how much you love that one. I've never seen it, but I know you love that movie. Ah, uh, fucking <clears> hell. <throat> and talk about a rewarding film that... I mean, obviously Brian De Palma can direct the shit out of a film, right? True. Holy fuck will that guy direct a film. And <laughs> he he just brings it on Carlito's Way, right? Everybody on that film is fantastic. It's a wonderful ensemble piece. The cast are fantastic. You got Louis Guzman in there. You got John Leguizamo in there. Uh, and God, I love John and Leguizamo. And they're all fucking great, right? <laughs> yeah. Dealing with themes of, you know, can you ever escape your past? Can you ever fucking, can you ever outrun the guy you used to be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sean Penn is one of cinema's great fucking slippery shitbags in this film. He is loathsome. Um, it's probably because he's also that in real life and some people are really good at putting that on screen it's like I watched a a Christmas movie with Kevin Spacey the other day and it was like Mm. yeah I think he's really good at this because he might kind of be Mm. that guy yeah funny (laughs) that but right 
just from a directorial point of view, right? Carly Goes Away has some breathtaking shots, mm-hmm. right? Um, this was pre-drone. We're talking uh, like early 90s, 93, right. I want to say. And there's one particular shot, right? Uh, Sean Penn is walking down a harbour to get on the prison barge at Rikers Island, right? And we start off kind of really tight shot of Sean Penn mm-hmm. as he walks and we just zoom out and out and out and out and out to this entire fucking wide shot of a harbour with ships and the sea. Fucking amazing. The craft involved. Um, you know, the way the way that it conveys, the way that the film conveys fuckery, right? <laughs> you know, it'll be just beautifully directed, traditionally directed. But then as soon as things go south, bang, he'll drop in those Dutch angles. Sure, you know what yeah, I mean? The yeah. camera will just yep. twist fucking mm-hmm. 40 degrees to the left. Uh-oh. Ah, wonderful. <laughs> and, you know, it's full of symbolism. Uh, there's a, there's a, just a really casual kind of two or three second shot halfway through where you got, you got, uh, you got Pacino there, Charlie, Charlie Brigante, fucking doing his best to go straight after getting out of prison. And he's sat in this nightclub that he's running and he's got a cockroach under a glass, right? <laughs> While he's thinking to himself, he's smoking a cigarette and he lifts the glass. Let's the cockroach run away a little bit, then puts the glass back over him. And that's the fucking film. That's right. the film. <laughs> Just in that fucking shot, that's the fucking movie. Ah. <laughs> uh, and you know, the entire thing is 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 kind of it's got this heavy inevitability over it. It opens mm. it's like a it's a, it's Greek, man. This fucking mm, Greek mm-hmm. tragedy. It open you see, you see Carlito getting shot in the fucking beginning, you know? Mm-hmm. It bookends it. His own death bookends the film at the start and the end. So, you know, it gets you to root for him and it gets you to go get behind him. But you know that it's pointless because you've already right. seen him fucking die. And the, oh God, the guy who ends up fucking shooting him from out of nowhere is a character who earlier on in the film, somebody else describes as Carlito. He's you. He's you from fucking five years ago. Can you escape? Can you escape mm. your past? That's what this film asks. And it is Magnificent. Amazing. I need to watch it, obviously. I mean, every oh, time you read about pro- it, you, might, you like, might think it sucks, but it, I, I love it. it. I, I unabashedly <laughs> fucking adore that film. I love that. Um, mm. And to maybe not go as hard into, uh, you know, something that is as brilliant, per se, as this, but has John Leguizamo, who is yep. always brilliant. I went to the theater and I saw Violent Night last week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. It is absolutely instant holiday classic for me um Mm. just that perfect sort of blend of like horror comedy because obviously it's a santa claus horror movie but that doesn't lean so hard into it that it's like it thinks itself too clever or things like that it's a very good action movie like more like in the vein of die hard and it's aware of that like in its universe it knows that it is die hard and home alone those movies exist they are referenced. Oh, very nice. And very nice. you know that's exactly what this movie is, you know, and it does those things spectacularly. Um, it has this one incredible sequence where you see, and another movie did this, and I thought it was great when they did that too, and I can't think of what it's called, but this went even harder where it shows the exact, like, booby traps from Home Alone but how violent they would really be in real life as opposed to in a children's movie. I Mm. kid you not, Mark. There was a point in this movie where you knew a violent thing was about to happen, 
And then yeah. that thing was so much worse than you expected. The entire audience screamed. And it was the most oh, beautiful, beautiful thing. You know that that thing that happens That's where cinema. That every, is cinema. Yes, everyone screams and then you get the the cathartic giggle afterwards yep. where we all go, Yep, I know just, it well. Oh, they just got me so bad. Violent Night is a treat. David Harbour is amazing. John Legazamo is such a perfect villain where the thing is his the character is silly, but he plays it so straight. It, mm-hmm. And it somehow he is just so brilliant that something that like could be a grating over the top goofy character ends up where you're like, oh, he somehow is a scary villain who also has a weird vendetta yeah. about Christmas. You know, <laughs> like, it's he's so got quite good. the CV, doesn't he? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he has done everything of every kind. Yeah. And I think no matter yeah. what you think of any movie, you can never find a fault in a John Leguizamo performance. It's true. You know, it's true. And on that specific note, you know, of all of the things wrong with Super Mario Bros. It's not him. He's not the problem. It ain't him. It ain't him. It is not him. Absolutely not. I mean, he is just he's so good. Um, And this movie is just uh, the funny thing about it is that I I hadn't actually seen any trailers for it. I basically saw the poster and that it was David Mm -hmm. Harbour. And I was like, of course, I'm fucking in like. That's all it needs, Come isn't on. it? That's... Yeah, it's all it needs. So I didn't really know what it was about, and I thought it was going to be like Santa was a bad guy kind of situation, and that's not what this movie mm. is. Uh, it's a home invasion kind of caper. Like, it really is very diehard um, kind of film, and I yeah. unabashedly recommend it, which is hilarious because I tweeted about how much I liked it, and then the... Uh, the Twitter of Violent Night then turned that into like a video with my little review over it and at Here Lies Corey. I was like, this very is nice. amazing. <laughs> like, very, I never knew I nice. wanted this, but yes, this is amazing. <laughs> uh, nice. So, yes, Violent Night, big time recommend. I will watch this every year at Christmas without a doubt. Uh, so, I saw the other Christmas horror film that seems to be doing the rounds Christmas Bloody Christmas. Oh, yeah, I've been hearing about that one. That's on Shudder, right? Uh, it is, yes. Um, now, you, you Bliss... don't like horror comedies very much. Is this a horror comedy? Uh, what or does it play? I don't straight? like horror comedies very well, much. Well, you've said you don't like horror comedies very much. It depends. <laughs> it depends on what you mean by horror comedy. I mean, I... Yeah, all right. The more I think I'm not saying this to dismiss your opinion. I'm asking because I know you don't normally like them, so I'm wondering does this fall into that vein of like horror comedy? So, uh, Joe, directed by Joe Bagos, who did Bliss. Mm -hmm. Have you seen Bliss? It's about the artist. No, it's one of those ones that I see the poster for all the time, and I've never watched it. Right. Um, Again, I I can't recommend that either. (laughs) Okay. So, Christmas, Bloody Christmas. uh, What if. Santa was the Terminator. Mm. There okay. you go. There's a robot Santa which was made with military hardware and it goes back to its military settings and a robot Santa goes on a killing spree, right? There's okay. there's your premise. Alright. Right? Um there's gore, so that's a tick. Okay. Uh there's there's titty, so that's a tick. Okay. Now, what the the rest is all red crosses. Okay. Um, <laughs> you've got just awful fucking arch uh, hipster fucking wanker characters to a mm. fucking man. They're wankers. And 
you get the impression that the dialogue is, you know, semi-improv. Uh-huh. Uh, the 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 first third of the film is all kind of cultural references and mm. smoking joints and drinking and having sex. Uh, it it came across as more Kevin Smith than anything else, and you know how I feel about that. Right. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. It's also, I mean, the guy obviously has a fucking huge stonk on for neon, right? Oh, I love neon, so I can see how that would work for me, oh. but. This is becoming, like, a little too tropey in a lot of horror right now. I enjoy Neon as well. I Mm -hmm. I enjoy Neon. But it's it's throughout the entire fucking film. There isn't a single moment of this film which isn't drenched in the most obnoxious, glaring Neon. Mm -hmm. To the point where it's like, oh, fuck off, mate. We get it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Well fucking done for ruining your own film with Neon. Um... (laughs) And I, I enjoyed the gore. I enjoyed the cyborg action at the end. It wears its influences on its sleeve. It loves Terminator, obviously. It loves uh, things like, I don't know, I, I had like a Small Soldiers vibe. I uh, love Small Soldiers. Westworld kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but ruined by horrible, unlikable fucking mm. characters who I hated. Yeah, that'll, that'll definitely do it. Yes. I get annoyed by characters a lot. And to the neon thing, I think that that's just become such like a cheap shorthand for this is in the style of the 80s. And like, yes. yeah, 80s horror, you know, is having sort of its its comeback and things like that. And people are really appreciating it. And you can it do it well. Stuff. I mean, but yeah, it's Fear like Street it's did when a great it, job. Fear right. Street it's when it feels it like it's kind of like it's just deployed as, like I said, like shorthand as opposed to really thoughtfully yeah. deployed in something. Then it's just kind of like, yeah, no, yeah. I get it. I get that. You are going I mean, for an 80s style, so you're playing vaporwave and, you know, making uh, everything yeah. bisexual lighting and neon. <laughs> like, got it. Yes. Yeah. But I, no, I, 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 on balance, it's a two star film. I didn't enjoy it. Okay. Well, definitely. I mean, I'm obviously going to watch it because um, it's one mm. of those ones everyone's watching now, but it'll be interesting to see. Dislikable characters don't go very far for me. I don't. I've seen don't lots of people on Dead and Lovely enjoying it a great deal. Yeah, that's true. And mm-hmm. that's fine because, yes. like, my granddad told me it'd be a boring <laughs> world if we all like the same things. It's uh, fine. I think we need a t shirt that doesn't say the phrase but just says, like, my granddad told me. And anyone who <laughs> listens to Joe Ag will know exactly where that <laughs> sentence is going. Yes, we haven't put any new designs up for a while, actually. We haven't. And, like, you know, like, just the other day I saw, like, oh, someone bo- ordered, like, a, a t-shirt for their kid or something from here and i'm like yeah we should probably like tell people still i used to tell people i had merch and stuff and then i just forgot it was a thing and every time someone orders something i'm like oh right people do still buy stuff from time oh yeah people definitely buy stuff from it i just forget about it so hey fyi i'm still waiting for the day where i see somebody wearing a yeah just in the wild wild. i will shit myself (laughs) um yeah fyi we do have merch that you can wear uh, it's Christmas time. You could buy some for your stickers. Yeah, you can get like anything they make with our gifts. designs, um, and yeah. you just have to go on our link tree and find the link to our T Public. It's in capital letters and says merch. If you want some, beautifully plugged there, Corrigan. Great job. Thank you. The only thing, other thing I watched this week was uh, Duel, which I, I have Not mixed feeling about. One. Not the Spielberg one. No, this is with. Uh, Karen Gillan, um, who I like. Wing. Yeah. <laughs> it's stuff wild to me that this is someone you're into, but uh, not because he shouldn't be into Karen Gillan, just because of his normal type. That's why I'm not 
yeah. insulting Karen Gillan. Um, my husband loves her too. Um, but uh, I had seen a trailer for this ages ago. And the premise of it um, is basically that this woman um, is going to die. And you have the option of making a clone of yourself that pretty much instantly grows, becomes an adult, full adult you. Um, and that person, you're going to teach them what it's like to be you and all this kind of stuff. And they're going to replace you so that your family doesn't have to feel sad about losing you, essentially. So you uh. train someone to be you and then your kids don't lose their mom and, you know, your uh, parents don't lose their child and all that kind of stuff. So what happens to you, you? What happens to you? You die. You? you just die. Because, you, like, you know, it's if you have a terminal illness, you know, so... Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like you're using the thing to harvest your organs or anything like that, but you do. But yeah. instead, they're just there to replace you to comfort the people you leave behind. However, if for whatever reason you don't die, uh, then you and your double have to have a duel to the death. And you have a oh, year to train for this duel with your double. Well, that sounds like a fantastic idea. Great premise. Um, yeah. The trailer for it was like entirely different in tone than the actual movie. Mm. And the movie feels like I need so many things explained to me. For whatever reason, everyone except her and everyone immediately like related to her, her boyfriend, her mom, things like that, they all have like European accents, like a Northern European accent, which like, I assume maybe it's just because of where they filmed it or something, but that it's never explained is really confusing. Um, mm. She talks in like a, like a robotic monotone. Um, and so that led me to think there was going to be some sort of twist to the movie. Like maybe she was a double or something like that, but it's yeah. not, she just talks like that. Um, there's like I find I find her very watchable generally. I think she's yeah yeah like no a I performer. She, I really she was like great her. Great in Doctor Who. It's uh, but I it's as if she's well. Here's the thing. So it's as if she's playing um, Nebula. Nebula, but as a normal human woman, you know. So okay. she's got that very like huh? flat affect, um, you know. So it feels like there's something wrong with her, and so you're waiting for that to be relevant, but it isn't. And like there's. The humor, it's almost entirely humorless, but it clearly thinks it's some sort of comedy. So there's like, it then just plays really it weird. It feels like there's room for a lot of comedy in that premise. Right. And so like, there's weird things about it. Like that, you know, her boyfriend like immediately just like starts dating the other when like the double and just like leaving her in the in the dust or whatever and it feels like the way it's played is like it's almost it's supposed to be funny but it's just so depressing that it's not funny and like there's uh, Aaron Paul comes in and starts training her at one point and there's like weird things where it's like oh maybe we can do something like when she can't afford the training anymore like oh well maybe we can make an arrangement and the arrangement ends up being her teaching him hip hop dance and it feels like it should be funny <laughs> Yep. But the movie hasn't put us in a state of mind for that kind of tone. So you're it's just okay. jarring instead. So I don't know. Like, I think it's got like a 3.1 or something like that on Letterboxd. Like, it's clearly like people like it or whatever. But I yep. just feel like the movie feels like it doesn't entirely know what it is. And that there's like a lot of yes, stuff yes, that yes. I think for someone like me, because, you know, I'm always like 
this is why I can pick out what a plot twist is or, you know, things like that, like way ahead of it is because I'm like looking for You're very good at that. stuff. <laughs> and so as someone who does that and looks for patterns and all this kind of stuff in a movie, you it's just red herrings basically mm. to a movie that actually doesn't have any twists in it or turns in it at all. It just is what it is. Mm. So I don't know. I feel like if you go into it kind of knowing that and that it's not like the movie from the trailer, it might be more enjoyable to like just sit there and go like, okay, it's just weird vibes, right? Like it's just... For whatever reason, she lives in a strange, like, Nordic society where people talk flatly and have no emotions. And that's the society they live in. Okay. But when that's not what you're expecting going into the movie, it's like, the fuck is happening here? Someone explain mm. this to me. <laughs> so, Based dual... on everything you've said, yeah. I'm, I'm going to pass. Yeah, I, I honestly can't predict, predict whether you would like it or not. I mean, it does, yeah. I don't know. Hard to say. So it's not a, like do not recommend to our dear listeners. It's just more of a like, it didn't work for me. And maybe if you know what you're getting into, you might, it might work better for you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, uh, one night simply through, do you remember me texting you asking for recommendations for something to watch? Cause there was one fucking night last week where <sighs> I was doing the, the Netflix carousel of yeah. nothing. You know what I mean? Plex was coming up blank. TV was coming up blank. And I, I just desperately wanted to watch something. But I, I, I fuck, I, I ended up just picking something because it was there in front of me on Netflix. And I watched <laughs> what I think is probably the most forgettable film I've ever seen. <laughs> okay. And I'm, I'm looking at the poster now, right? And it gives, it gives away nothing. It tells you nothing. I watched a movie from 2009 called Carriers. Carriers, that's right. Yeah, because you said, uh, so I'm watching this movie called Carriers with Chris Pine. I was like, yeah, I definitely saw it in the movie theater, but I could not tell you anything about yep. this movie at all. Yep. Uh, Chris Pine and some other people are uh, just driving across a plague-ridden USA. Uh, you know, you you can infer that, that like this plague has ravaged the world and it's 100% fatal, la la la. It, did you like Zombieland? Yeah, I like Zombieland. For so a zombie like, movie. A great laugh. Yeah. Yes. This is like if you took Zombieland and if you took like a syringe and you removed everything that was good about Zombieland <laughs> and then right. fired it into the void of space. Mm -hmm. And what you're left with is carriers. You're left with people, you know going through, uh, driving through the wide expanse of a deserted America, holding up in a golf club, you know, coming across other survivors, nah, 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 nah. But it's fucking flat as a pancake. It mm -hmm. is lifeless. Uh, no, you know, almost no peaks and troughs, no discernible kind of features to it. It's a flat fucking blank tundra of a film. It's snow blindness. It's just, <laughs> there's nothing to fucking pick out in this film okay um i get but yet i did give it two stars because it does have some gore oh well okay there you go it has a little bit of gore this is uh someone pointed out like not too long ago that for as much as we love chris pine he's mm. only made like two good things ever uh and it, it's pretty Ooh, much true okay, he's really <laughs> yeah he's what, not star in trek? a lot of good star trek right yeah he's good in star trek I mean, he's always good. Don't get me wrong. Oh, Wonder Woman. But... 
Yeah, he's in Wonder Woman, the original Wonder Mo- yes. Woman, which is a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> both of those things, the sequels, uh, maybe not so much. But yeah, he's and like, yeah, he's got a few things here and there. I mean, if you love Princess Diaries, too, of course. Um, mm. But like generally his filmography is not super impressive. You know, he's... Tell you what, speaking of fucking Wonder Woman, I was... I can't remember who I was chatting to. I think I was chatting to Dan earlier on this week about James Gunn taking a fucking chainsaw to the DC slit. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I don't Ah. think it's him that's doing it, per se. Mm. I mean, everything around all of those companies right now is in flux. But yeah, pretty wild to see Wonder Woman 3 just get the axe all of a sudden. Ah, uh, but rightly so. I mean, yeah. Especially because I read something that was saying that, like, the issue was that Patty Jenkins didn't want to change anything about the script. And it's like, well, look what happened with the second one. I can see why... It's one of those... <laughs> it's it's perfect. In fact, the prime example, the 100% perfect example of what I often say on this cast, that with the amount of fucking people and eyes and mm-hmm. hands... And checks and balances that a fucking movie of that scale has to go through to get made. Who the fuck? Why didn't <laughs> How somebody did that happen? Up? Yeah, you know what I mean? Because that was dreadful. Absolutely yeah. fucking. And that kind of dreadful. answers the question. Clearly, Patty Jenkins kind of became the like auteur of Wonder Woman, yeah, 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 and so sure. the second one, no one said no to her. She must have been like, then I walk. And they were like, yep. well, we need her, and they made a shitty movie. <laughs> and this time. They're being much more thrifty about everything. And we're like, yeah, that's, it's not worth it for us to do that. So. Speaking oh, of well. which, uh, you noped out of the Batman this week. Yeah? <laughs> I tried the Batman again. Because uh, you just, you had so much fun when you watched it a couple of weeks ago that I was like, oh, I, I too. It. I loved it the first time, right? But yeah, I, right. capital L, loved it the second time. Yeah. So I too wanted to experience that euphoria and you know how I am about stuff like that that I think like maybe every time something like this happens where I like don't and I didn't hate it the first time I watched it to be clear I just was like it was fine um but it's like when someone really loves something if I didn't like it or like had meh feelings about it I really want to like it so I always give it another try um and I uh watched about an hour of it and uh switched over to the Harry and Meghan documentary on on Netflix instead that's a choice which what is fascinating, I think beyond like the Harry and Meghan thing, you know, we are going to talk in a little bit about your uh, British dystopia, but it explains beyond that, like the role of tabloids in the UK and yes. how much power they have, which I don't think Americans yes. understand that because it would be like the National Enquirer deciding politics, you know, <laughs> like yes. we have even though there are people who get all their shit from Fox News or things like that or whatever, like, we have a press that we trust with political stuff. And then stuff like those tabloids are for celebrity gossip. And we understand it's not real. We understand the Mm. sources are not true. We understand they're making things up. uh, And that's separate. And so I think one of the things that is so fascinating watching this Harry and Meghan series is that, you know, they're bringing in all of this context. So they have experts coming in who are historians, sociologists, like all this kind of stuff to like give background to like, here's why things are the way they are. And like, here is how like, so it's not just Harry and Meghan, but like, you know, when it's time for a vote, like say Brexit, these papers 
have an inordinate amount of power to shape how people feel about things and it's they're not getting things from like good sources these are unscrupulous they're doing things to sell paper and they don't really care what the outcome is uh but whatever is going to make them the most money so yeah watching that the role of the the role of the media in in british life the role of the, the of the press in british life is deeply insidious extremely yeah uh it is corrupt as fuck yeah uh laced with stories of hypocrisy and just willful law-breaking and damaging to people's mm-hmm. lives. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, you're quite right. You're quite yeah. right. I think that's what's just so fascinating about this is that, like, this is obviously about them and letting them tell their story or whatever, but it really zooms out a lot and that they let other people speak about mm. other parts of British history and about how, like, like... There's whole bits in this about, like, racism and the history of, like, basically how, you know, the British learn about the end of slavery, but they learn no other context to, you know, what slavery was and how much British used it and how they kept doing it in, you know, other countries, like what, basically what Richard was telling us about with banana republics Mm. and stuff like that. Like, the ways in which, you know, they the process of like the liberation of countries in Africa and stuff like that was strategic so that they could continue uh, basically the same practices in those countries, but look like the good guys for letting them be free and stuff like that, you know? Um, So really like as much as this is about Harry and Meghan, it's more about like understanding um, how the tabloids got this power how kind of the way Brits are taught about their own history contributes to Mm. their blinders about racism and why they think that like, oh no, we've never had this problem, Um, you know, all these kinds of things. So it's actually really fascinating (laughs) to watch. Even, even that in itself though is, is the program itself was created by people with an agenda, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um, And it's going to piss off a lot of people for sure um Mm. but i think it does a very good job of just showing those processes you know and um Mm. how they work like we're clearly yeah when you're you're having a show that's made to combat what the tabloids have said um but it could just be the oprah interview all over again and instead they've chosen to kind of really contextualize that stuff in ways that they don't really have to do you know yeah good show good show good show uh, you got anything else? You watch anything else? I've got one more. Go for it. I've got nothing else. I've been traveling. I'm, of course. And I've just been watching a lot of Christmas movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not really within our purview. No, not so much. <laughs> well, I will say just, you know, I watched Fred Claus for the first time yesterday with Vince Vaughn. Fred Claus. I I've seen never seen it before. And it was surprisingly delightful. <laughs> I was like, this is, I mean, I'm also like... I love Vince Vaughn, even though he's turned into a bit of a libertarian asshole and all that kind of stuff. But like, I have loved Vince Vaughn since I was like eight years old. It's him being very Vince Vaughn. um, And Kevin Spacey, as I said, was the villain in it. And there's like this great line in it where it's like Vince Vaughn is just basically like, I don't know like what your deal is, but like, you're just very creepy. (laughs) It's like, boy were they calling that out or what yeah i had no idea how true that was um but yeah fred claus is actually a very fun movie is it family friendly 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely meant to be a, a family movie, for sure. It's, right. I mean, it's Vince Vaughn, so it's going to have, like, little innuendos or whatever, but it's totally family-friendly. Because we have watched zero Christmas films so far. Oh, wow. Household. We haven't fucking sat down to a single Christmas movie yet, so... That's wild. Uh, and we haven't seen Fred Close, so that's one. Yeah, add that to your list. I think it's it's a lot of fun. Good. Okay. Um. Uh. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Yes, so... I've been meaning to revisit this one for ages and ages and ages, but I finally, finally, finally last week got round to having another look at Nightbreed. Oh, right, right, right. I've been seeing a lot of people watch that one lately. Yeah, uh, I've had it just sat there bubbling away on Plex and I finally <laughs> got the time to sit down and watch it. And uh, you know, time and again, I, I use the term noble failure, right? And that's, <laughs> that's what Nightbreed is. It is, it is a, such a noble failure because... It is fucking bursting with vision and imagination, right? It is a deep fucking deep lore uh, horror fantasy that takes place in different worlds and different fucking universes. It, 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 it's the scope reaches back in time, you know? The good stuff is so good. David Cronenberg is fucking having a whale of a time. Mm-hmm. He is fucking having the time of his life in Nightbreed. <laughs> uh, the design of his the fucking killer, Dr. Decker, is so good. That is an all-timer. You know, the trench coat and the fucking mask with the zip. <clears throat> so good. But uh, you, you, you see, you know, the janky transitions and lots of cuts. Uh-huh. You can see the hand of the studio all over it. Fucking right, this film yeah, up. yeah. Um, and it was it was the director's cut that I watched, uh, which you know fleshes things out a little bit. Uh, but you know, still scenes don't quite run together properly. Mm. Uh, and you know, there's obviously lots of gore left on the cutting room floor. There's reaction right. shots and cuts that that you loud and clear they scream out that they shouldn't have been there and that, that, that it's kind of studio interference. Yeah, I would. Fuck Hellraiser, Nightbreed, Cabal is a property I would love to see sure. reimagined, yeah. uh, given another crack of, of the fucking, the true Clive Barker's massive, amazing gay imagination. Yeah. Just given <laughs> complete fucking free reign. So is um, that, he but, He wrote this one? Uh, he wrote the book it's based on, yes. Okay. I think he directed it. Oh, I thought you were saying it was Cronenberg that directed that. I'm not super familiar with no, this. No, no, no. Dave Cronenberg's in it. Dave Cronenberg performs in it. Oh, he's in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. man. He's a serial killer. That, um, Got uh, it. Uh, he's a, a psychiatrist, a clinical psychiatrist. But by night, he's a fucking masked up nice. serial okay. killer. And, you know, he's beautifully softly spoken tones, this almost kind of feminine high voice that he has, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so factual and so comforting and so down to earth. And then he opens his fucking suitcase and takes off his amazing <laughs> mask and dons a scalpel or a massive knife. But, you know, the creature design is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, but some of the fucking creature design in Nightbreed. Ugh. <laughs> um, uh, but unfortunately, hacked and butchered and right. uh, ultimately ruined, I'm afraid, by, by studio interference. That's too bad. That's, that's the worst. Yes. yes, it is. Let's... It is. But again, you know, the most noble of failures. <laughs> Fair enough. I will, I'll definitely give it a look. I mean, obviously, both Clive Barker and Cronenberg are people who are fairly hit or miss for me. Um, yeah. But I'm interested in that concept, nonetheless. Yeah. 
yeah you'd like it you'd like it more for the fantasy element than anything else there's this uh there's such a, a rich uh kind of vein of of fantasy horror throughout this film fascinating i'll check it out it's on Netflix. do and i'll check out fred claus there we go beautiful Ultra exchange excellent homework for i love this that <laughs> well what's going on in britain mark oh fucking hell well okay so right now as i speak obviously the entire country has grown to a halt uh because of like a half inch of snow yeah okay did you get any um yes i did there's some outside my windows we speak uh mm. it snowed pretty solidly for much of this morning and it's lovely absolutely beautiful took the kids to school in the snow today it was lovely oh, that's um but you know every news website you open britain plunged into sub-zero freezing chaos <laughs> And you open the window and it's like, yeah, like it's nice little you know? pretty. But there you go. Yeah. That's once again we talk about the media, right? Yeah, right. I, you can fucking set your watch every year. At some point, there'll be murder hornets swarm the UK. <laughs> right? Where they they yeah. no, they don't. Um, <laughs> it's the the media that tells you to fear the weather. Mm-hmm. It's the media that tells you to fear. The fucking the everybody who doesn't sound like you. Right. It's the me the media who fucking tells you to hate and to fear, and they do. Which is it's, funny it's, because it's stock and trade, isn't it? The same, you know, they tell you to fear the weather, but aren't isn't this the same media that also was like, but climate change isn't like that big a deal, right? Uh, yes, yeah, some of it is. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And right now, right, as of tomorrow, there isn't a single day until the first week of January where some essential service in the UK or other isn't on strike. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, inflation is the highest it's been in my lifetime. I think yeah. I'm right in saying. Um, the conditions that some of these services are working under are as bad as they've ever been. Right. And it feels as though we're on the brink of a general strike. So many areas of society are striking that you would never yeah. fucking believe would strike. Ambulance staff. Right. Nurses. Nurses, mm-hmm. for fuck's sake. Nurses striking. A vocational job. Right. You know, which, for fuck's sake, you don't go into the NHS in the UK for the pay. Well, um, yeah, certainly. <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. And for those fucking areas to be striking postal workers right. you know it's really bad when it's like nobody expected to yes. get rich off of this this is but it should be a good paying yeah. job with benefits yeah. that you know yeah yeah um and you know the the rhetoric from the treasury from the government from the chancellor is all uh you know placing blame on the individuals placing blame mm-hmm. on the staff saying that they're being air hotels to ransom blah 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 Right. Uh, and then, of course, you got, you got the fucking union reps just painting the picture of people who are, you know, the safety of their customers, of their patients, of their mm. travelers is in jeopardy because of the conditions they're working under and the money that they're doing it for. Mm-hmm. And neither fucking side is, is budging. And this gets us a December where you won't get a letter delivered. Mm-hmm. You won't get a train. You won't get an ambulance. Jeez. And that's fucked up. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's not great. And I mean, here we're dealing with a lot of the same sorts of things. Obviously, we had a huge 
you know, a train strike that our government just basically tried to quash and hopefully that will not work and they will illegally strike anyway. Um, yeah. You know, we've got all these kinds of, uh, like you said, like that the the strikes are so widespread in so many different industries that it feels like a general strike should be coming. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't it think does. that we understand how to organize that well, um, but absolutely feels like that should be a thing. And I was talking to like my husband about this, you know, I was explaining the Gilded Age in uh, American history to him. And, you know, about how this is the Gilded Age. I don't know what that is. What is that? I will explain it. The Gilded Age and the Progressive Era sort of run up against each other. The Gilded Age is a a period in the, you know, late 19th century, early 20th century in America that uh, in which like wealth inequality grew hugely, which we basically established oligarchy in the United States. Um, So people are either very poor or very rich, and there's no real in the middle of this. And as this is happening, you know, basically corporations are operating without any rules on them. Politicians are being paid off, uh, and it's just kind of expected, you know? Like, uh, there was, like, a a job that was, like, in the New York Customs House um, that it was just kind of, like, expected that the person who got this job was going to embezzle from it. Like, that was just a perk of having this particular position. Um, and, you know, the progressive era, the period that's largely considered between 1890 and 1920, was the period in which uh, people started really, like, striking and lobbying for yeah. progressive reform and saying, like, we're not going to take this anymore. This is where we get, like, child labor laws, uh, labor laws in general, because, you know, the, we're a period in which people's, like, arms are getting chopped off in, in factories wow. and stuff like that. Um, you've got reform to the ways in which like government is run and how people can take money. Um, you know, who are they allowed to be influenced by and how much, um, all these kinds of different, uh, it's also like when women earned the right to vote. Um, and even like, even though it turned out to be a bad thing, prohibition was part of this because basically, you mm-hmm. know, women were like, our husbands are getting drunk and beating the shit out of us every day let's lobby to make law changes so this doesn't keep on happening and it didn't work but it's part of just people like actively coming together striking forming these groups you know and creating this change Mm. and in terms of wealth inequality this is where i don't know for england for the uk but america is basically back in the gilded age when it comes to wealth inequality and when it comes to like the fact that so things like citizens united makes it so that you are basically allowed corporations are allowed to pay off politicians to do things for them and stuff like that all that stuff that people fought for with these strikes and everything have been dismantled now and people can do whatever the fuck they want um and it created you know oligarchy in the u.s again and so you know it's at this point what your country, I think, is doing a little better than ours is, um, and maybe because of it being smaller and, and whatnot, but it has to be that, like, everybody starts striking. Everybody starts coming together and being like, enough is enough, because the people in power have too much power, and we can't mm. do anything to shut it down unless everybody shuts it the fuck down, you know? I... <laughs> I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And you have to see through or see past the immediate impact 
on society right. that the strikes are having. You have to exactly. see Exactly. You can't be, yes, is, it's inconvenient and all that kind of stuff. That's the fucking that's point. That's the point. That's, it's supposed to be, you know? Right. The entire point of withdrawing labour is to fucking show people just how important that labour is. Right. Yeah, like, oh, um, you can't get by without this? It's almost like maybe you should then give us sick days yeah. or yeah. pay us for shit, you know? Yeah. And if you give me a choice of siding with working people, if you give me a choice of siding with, uh, like I said, working fucking people who work in some pretty fucking heinous conditions in some pretty thankless jobs, or the government that has systematically lied, fucked things up, covered their own asses, uh, you know, uh, engaged in fucking... You know, making sure their friends are okay. Nepotism, fucking mm-hmm. shit deals, fucked up COVID, partied the entire way through it. Right. If you want me to side with one over the other, I know which one I'm fucking picking. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. If you're listening to this and you're in an in, in an industry that is striking, no, Jack yep. Graves is on your side in oh, this 100%. entire thing. Um, so some of you may be getting your Joag packages a little late this year, but mm. that's what side we're on. Yeah, man. What it was is that like the the bulk of what's going on over there that's so fucked? Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm 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 watching the news over the next week or so with bated breath, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I you know, I guarantee that this there will be there will be stories of of you know ambulances not making it to people. Yes, of and, course. And that's what's going to be played up, you know, to turn yes, exactly, the common exactly. people that's, against That's the, the angle strikers. that the press will be taking, of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the fact, and that's, I mean, always, you know, that's always the case, you know. Like, yes. like I said, that was what's so interesting looking at, you know, the, the Harry and Meghan doc is like looking at, you know, one of the things they talk about is like how Brexit happened. And it's like yeah. it really is yeah. a matter of you have to stir people up to yes. think the wrong person is responsible for their suffering. Yes. And... It's unfortunately fairly easy to do that. Uh, I mean, it's a common theme, isn't it? I mean, how many mm-hmm. times have we talked about how, you know, in terms of climate change, mm-hmm. the burden of responsibility right. has been it's placed on, on the individual. Bag up your rubbish. Right. Wash out your tins. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When, you know, Shell and fuck knows what else haven't changed, or, you know, yeah, prime right. ministers and kings and queens haven't changed their behaviour one fucking jot exactly. in the right direction. Yeah, it's horrifying. Uh, um, so yes. And mean, uh, meanwhile, cultural document, folks, and this is what's going on. Yeah, and what's going on also right now is, you know, we've obviously been sort of following along with everything going on in, on Twitter um, mm. and so forth, and you know, watching Elon Musk just basically spiral into like right wing extremism on there yeah. is wild you know that and he's always kind of done this like oh if i don't like someone call him a pedo or whatever but he did that with someone who worked for him up until recently that he fired and then the other day uh you know he basically tweeted out a couple things to make it look like this guy is a pedophile which he's not (laughs) um and thus of course this guy started getting death threats and stuff like that and now he's tweeting constantly about the woke mind virus and all this stuff. Yeah. Very disappointing to see Jason Bloom liking yeah, that. What the fuck was that? Jason Bloom Super would not have the empire he has if it weren't for the woke mind virus. Like, he's Very got true. an Oscar winning movie under his belt because of the woke 
mind virus you know Mm -hmm. like and he's gonna he's gonna like this shit like Mm. what (sighs) that's insanity to me and it's just you know I, i think the elon thing is just sort of emblematic this is also this week you know Brittany griner was uh released in a trade with russia for an arms dealer um and you see like instantly all of like the right wingers came out against this and like she's only they only took her because she's black and gay and that's privilege and all you know the only privilege you have in society is if you're black and gay and the rest of us don't stand a chance and yada yada and like what just watching the conversations that are having right now that are being had right now in our political and social realms in America is terrifying. You know, that it's just, we are so deeply slipping into fascism um, and recognizing that, like I said, like when we talk about things like the Gilded Gilded Age and stuff like that, it's like the problem is that the power is concentrated with people like Elon, you know, and they're the ones that get to Mm. make the decisions, no matter what most of us think, you know, I think in America, most of us aren't anti-Semitic. Most of us aren't transphobic. Most, you know, like in day-to-day life, the vast majority of Americans are like, you do you. I've got my own issues to worry about. Like, and these are not things that bother me, but the people who get to make the decisions and influence lawmakers are increasingly people like that who then only listen to the sycophants who cheer them on. It's like then, you know, when he was at the, uh, Dave Chappelle brought him out at a show yesterday and he was booed and he was like, oh, that was a first for me, you know? And it's like, yeah, because that's what most people, even people who pay to see a transphobe perform live hate you, you know? But you're so in your little bubble that you think you're speaking for us, you know? Mm that is that's a disturbing thing to deal with it's not simply just the twitter bubble or whatever but that ultimately he has a lot of power and people like him have a lot of power and they are increasingly levying anti-semitism and transphobia as their main points yes you know and um i don't think it's working as well with the regular people like you know, how I've said before, like, people refer to Britain as Turf Island, and, you know, there's a little bit of a an issue over there of that being a sway. I don't think, like I said, in general, I don't think people care that much here, um, but the people okay. in power are using it, you know, and they at least know they can get their evangelical base and things like that to be on board with it. Yeah, I mean, it's deeply fucking sickening. Mm-hmm reading down the list of sycophants underneath mm-hmm. every single every people calling single him sir you're doing a great job sir brain fart yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, and you're right you're right you're right those who would defend every fucking horrific point of view every mistake mm-hmm. uh and pretend it's some sort of master stroke and pretend it's all part of the big plan right. uh yes yeah, vile it's fucking horrible and you're right if th- those people are the ones who are guiding public opinion and political opinion and legal opinion Mm -hmm. yes exactly it's very concerning yeah i think you know my husband and i talk about this a lot of like where can we escape from this you know um as much as i love the uk and everything you have a lot of the exact same problems we do yes we do Um, yes we do and you know 
just trying to figure out like where where can we go because it feels untenable you know to live forever in places that are so increasingly hostile to marginalized people to um you know basically any form of progressive idea and and even on like just like a basic level that means that like knowing unless something deeply changes which it could once millennials get a little older and are more in like basically once the boomers die um that have held that are going to hold office until they're 120 you know Mm -hmm. know, like uh, then maybe something will change but as things are it feels like how do you live in a country that like is going to make healthcare worse, not better. That okay. is, you know, going to be worse towards um, people's rights, you know, things like that. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's just kind of a terrifying prospect and yeah. one that we're not super interested in sticking with. No, I mean, when, during the pandemic, I mean, I'm, I'm certain I would have said this at the time, but when things got super rough COVID-wise, mm-hmm. Uh, the only the only strategy I could I could I could employ really was to just to try and shrink my world a little bit. Right. Yeah. Totally. Just to kind of you know place my focus on the immediate fucking concerns: my family, mm-hmm. myself, my health, my loved ones, and to just within that bubble just distract ourselves. Somehow. Right. You know yeah. that was that was. And that that isn't what I want to do with the world at large. Right. Um, yeah. That's a that's a protective strategy, and it works for it's a, a little short while. Term but strategy. It's a short term strategy. Yeah. It's for your mental health, you know, things like that, yeah. and that's good. It just also like yeah, you can't do that forever, you know, no, for various no, no, reasons. No, no, no. Um, you know, partly just out of our duty to other people, but also because you know you can only fool yourself so long about how bad things are. Um, See, so yeah, I feel like well, you know, unsettled place about that kind of stuff of mm. just kind of being like, I don't know, I don't know what to what do with an environment that just, is, yeah, yeah, what yeah. It, everything is getting worse, you know, and we are, I think we don't, I don't know. It's like, you never thought about like the idea of like a war or something like that, like on your soil yeah, sure. or something like that, right? Like things like that. And when things just get worse and worse and worse, you're like, what kind of unrest is before me? And it's so bad already, you know? It's it people is. getting and shots and shot in schools and malls and things like that, like all kinds of stuff. I'm certain we've talked happening. about the the. It was a book club last week when we were speaking mm-hmm. about tenders the flesh, right? And we right. were talking about just how you can become acclimated to the most horrific yes. things right. if it's done in increments. Just mm-hmm. in the time that we've been recording Joag, yeah, we are now quite used to fucking you know society altering pathogens in the air. Mm-hmm. There's a fucking a, a land war in Europe, right? You yeah. know, ambulance and fucking uh, nurses, ambulance staff and nurses are about to go on. An extended period of striking, mm-hmm. and we 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 just we just assimilate it. We just yeah. We just it. we just keep going because what are we supposed to do? All right, guess I'm gonna watch a movie. Like yeah, you have to. You keep bringing the kids to school. You keep making dinner. You keep doing whatever, and it feels like at what point do we like? Do we not like? And what? And then what happens then? <laughs> what happens mm-hmm. when it's like? It becomes impossible to function. Or do we simply frog in the boiling water, just stay there until we boil? That's the one, isn't it? That's the analogy. Yeah. 
right? We're all boiling. Uh, so are we going to stay in the pot or do we jump out or like, what's the deal here? I don't know. I don't know either. But that's not what this that's is. Not, this yeah, is that's not answers. what this podcast is about. No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> if you came looking for answers. Uh, not going to find it. Yeah, that's yeah. somebody else's podcast. Yeah. But it was good to talk Sorry, about Corrigan. it with you. Sorrigan. <laughs> uh, thanks, Ants. Thanks. Um, yeah, but hey, friends, let us know if you if you have an escape plan, if you yes. have some optimism, if, if you have a coping uh, mechanism, if you know how to start the general strike, um, you know, just keep us posted and we're with you. Um, let us know all of these kinds of things. You can contact us on all the social medias at Jack yep. of All Graves. You remember when we used to have to specify because there was a weirdo that had the other Jack of All Graves I Instagram? Do. Oh, those were the days, weren't they? <laughs> Hashtag TBT. There was a pervert fucking... squatting on the Yeah, name. yeah, 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 yeah. There was a creepy <laughs> fucking pervy weirdo who was Jack of All Graves. I wanted but to get him on the cast, us. didn't I? I wonder where he you is You did. Now. I hope he's doing well. I do as well. <laughs> um... But it's no, the only creepy pervs you'll find on ours are me and Marco. So, hey, thanks so much for being with us as always. We love you. We hope you're heading into your holidays happy and healthy. And if not, know that we're thinking about you and we want wonderful things for you. Be safe out there. Be careful. COVID is everywhere. All my friends are getting COVID. Don't get the COVID. Don't get the flu. Don't get the RSV. Wear your mask. Get your vaccination. Buy a t-shirt. Buy a t-shirt. Read a book. And stay spooky. Stay spooky.